Hey, this is Scott. What's going on, everybody? It's Jim. And we're doing a whole series of specials where we're taking on the AFI and their top ten of ten different genre list thing. Because two Canadians versus the American Film Institute and their almost BuzzFeed-esque approach to lists is totally a fair fight. Yeah, especially because we've got five years of hindsight on them. <laughs> yeah, fuckers. Sorry, six now. Uh, not quite yet. I mean, the broadcast on that was June. Eh, so, five right. going on six. Yeah. But yes, uh, so they they released ten lists of top tens from different genres, and we're going to tear them apart one by one in a series of special episodes. Look forward to that in your feeds. We're going to call it I Hate the AFI. <laughs> Ten different ways. Ten different ways. We might not actually call it that. I'm just fucking around. Yeah. All right. Um, so they start, conveniently enough, with animation. So counting it up from number ten with Finding Nemo. I don't understand why this is on this list. I, I do because of the Finding Nemo effect where it's awesome when you're watching it and then it kind of slips your mind. See, but that says to me that it shouldn't be here. Like, if a movie is going to be on a top ten list, specifically within its own genre, it should be a standout piece. It should be the type of thing that you come back to over and over again. It should stand out so you go, man, that was great in... I've never been back to Finding Nemo. I watched it once because a bunch of friends wanted to go. It was all right. I will concede I'm probably not the target audience, but... I didn't care that much, and I walked out of there. Mostly, I spent part of the film hating Dory because she was annoying as shit. Yeah, like, she's annoying as shit, but then you get to the end where it's like, she's developed to not annoying and is afraid of regressing so much, and I'm like, this is some serious emotional heaviness here. Yeah. This is tackling some mental illness in ways that are very, that is very sophisticated for a children's film. But if you walk away from this, and you forget about it, and like a week should this really be on a top 10 list uh see no well now i'm making conscious efforts to remember why finding nemo is awesome so i i'm okay with it being on here if the if if it had gone to say incredibles which would have been the other option at the time i i i think i'd be more comfortable because that movie is just hella fun I think if they redid the list now, Incredibles would probably get it. But well, if they did it now, genre. I, I think I think if they did it now, it would probably be a Wally or Up. Oh yeah, yeah, guaranteed. Wally would be on here in a heartbeat. Like truthfully, I liked Wally a lot more. Wally was intriguing in a variety of ways. the The lack of a major human cast for most of the film, the lack of a real talking character for most of the film. Like it, it does. It shows what animation can do. Yeah, in a lot of ways. But yeah, I don't really think it should be on here. That's Not basically right. my point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So number nine, Cinderella. Cinderella, Cinderella, night and day. It's Cinderella. Okay. 
that this it's is classic it's, Disney. It's visually iconic, and I mean, there's a lot of this list is mostly Disney, which isn't yeah, wrong. But Disney was the animation for a long time. Well, especially for features. Yeah. Like, I mean, if we were talking like straight up cartoons, there's tons of shorts that could knock Cinderella out of the park. Godzilla meets Bambi. I, I was gonna. Well, that or, you know, any of the uh, Bugs Bunny opera bits. That's fair. I mean, part of it, this got a, this got Academy nods. Like, this got a lot of respect back during a period of time when nobody gave a shit. Older than Disney. And I mean, as much as I'm not a fan of the Academy, eh, this was still also back in a time where they were willing to actually try and rank a film based on its ability. And it still lasts to this day. Mm-hmm. Like, people toss in Cinderella now. Kids still watch this. And I mean, I'm not going to say, like, the only other Disney films I might throw in instead of this are higher up on the list. Yeah. For the most part, like, I mean, I'd make a case for Aladdin. Yeah. It's a little weird that Aladdin's not on here. I'm assuming it was more of, we put, you know, Lion King and Beauty and the Beast on here, we can't have Aladdin in there as well because it really is just here's Disney's major three features in a row yeah I mean I I don't disagree I just think it shows and again because it's the AFI we can't bring in foreign animation because I'm sure there's There's something qualifiers that seem to be if they want to yeah looking at you Britain yeah like I mean I'm sure there's something French or Japanese that you know would totally upend the whole voting scheme. But Grave yeah. of the Fireflies? You know what? I hate Grave of the Fireflies. So do I. So do I. Contrived-ass bullshit. Guess what? War is fucking depressing. <laughs> All right. So we don't have a problem with Cinderella, really. No. No, I'm, I'm fine with it being on the list. I kind I of really have am. a problem with number eight. Shrek. See... As much as I didn't agree with Finding Nemo on the list, that was because it didn't stand out to me. Shrek? Shrek didn't stand out to me in a worse fashion. Like, what the fuck did this movie do? Uh, it put DreamWorks on the map, I guess? Okay. Yeah. It had an ensemble cast. Um, they were pre- They were moderately entertaining in their roles. I've never gone back to this one, and I don't care about it. Yeah. And here's the thing. Again, redoing this list now, I can see three things I would put from DreamWorks in this slot in a heartbeat. Well, DreamWorks has done better stuff since. Actually, you know what? Four, because I'd put Chicken Run in here. Never seen Chicken Run. How was it? It's The Great Escape but with chickens. Okay, that's acceptable. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know DreamWorks was behind Galaxy Quest. That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. All right. So, yeah, sh- I mean, it's not bad. No, it's just it shouldn't be on a top 10 but it, of like, animations list. It, it's been 13 years since it came out, and it's... I don't think it's really stood the test of time. No. It's yeah. become a derivative children's series. They pump in a new one every couple of years on direct-to-DVD, relying more on the name than anything else. Yeah. I mean, 
I mean, I will give it points for being a movie with Eddie Murphy in it that's actually good, which is... Especially during that period? Like, now. Because, I mean, after about 1995, he just fell off. Well, that whole picking up a transgendered hooker thing kind of blew a hole through his career. That and Pluto Nash, come on. Well, that destroyed the financial side of his career. True facts. All right. Did anybody see that? Anybody? No. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so, Seven, Beauty and the Beast. Completely acceptable. Um, Completely acceptable. Yeah, no, I think... Well, that was a big step for Disney for using... Uh, actually embracing digital backgrounds and digital paint, wasn't it? Yep. So, landmark there. Um, good score. Uh, Great music. Yeah. Like... The yeah. songs were catchy, but not in that bore a hole in your head catchy. You just wanted to sing along. Yeah, yeah. You know, you'll you'll, you'll whistle "Be Our Guest" every now and again. Yeah, you're doing it now. <laughs> Great cast too. Like strong cast. I don't have a problem with it, and I think um, this one doesn't sort of get the. Uh, this this is one of the few female leads from Disney that sort of doesn't get uh, the feminists riled up, which is points. Yeah, but it would fail that test that starts with a B. Well, that test came out of a joke. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I just love it when people hold it up like it's serious, because it's like, no, no, it's really not. It's like, unless you have a really specific cast format, you're not going to fulfill that most of the time. Like, most of the time, it's just there to highlight, like, the joke was there to highlight the fact that, you know, it's kind of rare to have more than two women in a movie, let alone for them to talk. Yeah. And I, th- and I'm sure the teapot and Bell had a conversation about something that wasn't the monster. I can imagine, given that Bell doesn't, st- Bell never struck me at any point in that film as the type who would talk about boys to someone. And well, you know, Mrs. Potts is a tea kettle. Yeah. No conversation about tea. But there you go. Yeah. All right, so... Several names for her, such as Mrs. Chamomile. Neat. Okay. So number six, uh, Toy Story. Um, I guess this one... Okay, so this one's on here for being the first feature-length CG film and also being rather good. Yeah. I think it has been surpassed by its sequels. See, but that... I've never seen three. Ooh, you should do that. You should oh, do okay. That. Three is really, really good. Schindler's Toy Box, man. Oh, okay. Now, because the first one, first one was fantastic. Like, it was great as a children's movie. I was 12 when it came out. So, I watched this. There was details there that I knew I was missing. There was focus point. Wow. I never realized Whedon was behind this. Uh, Rare. He, I'm... He, he did some cleanup on dialogue. He doesn't take a lot of credit for it. But, That's uh, even rarer. Well, no, there's a few he, he sort of backs away from because he was just a script doctor. Like, when he came into the film, um, it was still when Katzenberger was on the writing side for Pixar. So it was kind of a proto-Shrek where it was like Woody was this rampaging asshole and Buzz was an oblivious idiot. See, that would have been horrible. Yeah, and so Whedon was like, no, no, let's let's just have this be old school versus new school, and, you know, 
make it a real buddy movie as opposed to some sort of obnoxious parody of it. Yeah. And and then he went. Well, I mean, that was that's part of what sells that film. Like you can kind of understand Woody's perspective on it. He's an old toy, he's a hand-me-down replaced by this newer, flashier model, and then it's like, no, we both have something to contribute. Because Buzz is half an idiot. Well, and here's the here's the thing. That's a dialogue between 2D and CG animation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it comes to the fore. One of these is new and flashy, but the thing is, they both have a different role to fill. The, the dialogue comes to the fore more so in Toy Story 2, but it's there. Yeah. So, prop, props to the team. I I mean, I don't... This is good stuff. Yeah. If I oh, were yeah, to no. do the list now, two or three would probably take this slot, but there you go. Yeah, the series as a whole is still going to be on this. Mm-hmm. Like, if I ever get around having kids, they're seeing this fucking movie. Oh, it, yeah. It's as simple as that. This is a movie that... Compared to some of the others on the list, this will stand the test of time and continues to do so. Yeah. We sell copies of this all the fucking time at work. Mm-hmm. I'm, I kind of want to grab, like, a box with all three of them in it. There is one available. Yeah, I know there is. I gotta, I gotta start maybe collecting all the Pixar movies together, because I feel like that's something I should have. <laughs> huh. It was inducted into the National Film Registry as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant in 2005, its first year of eligibility. Yeah. All right, so uh, number five, Fantasia, which is kind of an oddball pick. I mean, this is just for pure visual panache, I think. Yeah. Now, I remember again, being bored to tears by, like, half of this as a kid, though. Well, it really isn't a children's movie. It has that appearance of it, but it's really not. Like, it is just really long. Like it, well, it's like an animation test, basically. Well, like it's, it's like two, a whole bunch of different things. Yeah, it's like two hours, though. Yeah. Like, there are... I definitely recall skipping a few of these. Like, I... Oh, God. Probably, like... Yeah, I remember... Like, when I was watching it, I would skip, like, the Pastoral Symphony and the Dance of the Hours. So you would go right on to the personally best part of it? Uh, I... Night on Bald Mountain will always stand out to me as a great piece of cinema. Oh, yeah. I think I think I mostly just wore the hell out of Rite of Spring because I was seven and they were dinosaurs. That's fair. <laughs> I just, when I was a kid and I'd watch it, the scene with Chernobyl, like, everything plays up the emotion in that scene. Oh, yeah. Like, the music is spot on. The entire thing is creepy. The way they've done the animation, everything's got that little bit of grime to it. Like, they did a... Fa- I love Night on Bald Mountain. When I found out that he was a boss in Kingdom Hearts, it almost made me pick up another Kingdom Hearts. Almost. Well, there's only so far I can go, right? Yeah. So now, I can see why this is on here, but it is, again, it is very much a cut-together piece of various different animation pieces. Like, and Disney used to do a whole series of these as shorts. So, I mean, he could have thrown, like, six other symphonies together and called it Fantasia 2 and no one would have noticed. Yeah. In fact, I think uh, one of the more recent silly symphonies they did in the late 90s, which was like, it was Beethoven's Rage Over a Lost Penny, but Donald (laughs) Duck chasing down like a dollar bill. That one, like, that was astonishingly good for television. Hmm. 
audience felt Disney had suddenly gone highbrow, stay well, away, preferring the standard Disney cartoons. Well, it is it is classical music. Well, yeah, exactly. And I just this love the idea of highbrow suddenly being a bad thing. Well, I think for for animation, highbrow is bad. And this was 1940, uh, the year where instrumental music on the pop charts died. Yeah. So I think that's probably part of it. <laughs> All right. I mean, it's certainly been vindicated by history. I think there's some amazing animation going on in it. Fantasia 2000, what the hell? Um, they they kind of revived it, did a few new shorts. Um, a great bit with uh, Gershwin in it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm going to try and dredge this up at some point. Well, it's in the vault, so fuck. Thankfully, I still have access to the internet. Yeah. Somebody copied this. Oh, it's out there. Oh, nice. They pulled in stuff from Goeth. Goethe. Is that how that's pronounced? Yes. Okay, cool. Thanks. I was never sure how that was pronounced, so I just pronounced it based on the character. No, no. It, well, it's German, remember? So yeah. There you go. Yeah, and, I mean, Fantasia 2000, getting into the sequel, like, it is, um, you know, they picked really good pieces to work with and then did cool stuff with them. And then they did The Sorcerer's Apprentice again because, you know, well, they had classic. to. <laughs> you know they're gonna. Like, anytime they crack at Fantasia, they're gonna have Mickey show up in the hat and the cape, well, the cloak. Robes, whatever. Yeah, just like he showed up in Dragon's Crown. <laughs> fucking loved that <laughs> all right um i'm ricky the mouse i have a hat there are killer uh there are killer brooms around because of me and it's like this is not subtle this is not subtle at They're all what what in dragon's crown was subtle jim i was about i was actually about to say in seriousness the sorceress's breasts and i'm like no no you, your body does dead. not your, your body does not contain that much irony to pull it off i'm sorry yeah. All right, uh, number four, Lion King, which is when 90s Disney said, hey, we're going to do good stuff again. You know what I like? I like Hamlet. Let's do Hamlet. You know what I like? Tezuka. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and again, this is why I said, you know, putting Aladdin in would have just basically been them going, hey, let's just, you know, wank off Disney from the 90s for a while. Not that that's not a good error. Re-release? What the fuck? Yeah, I saw it. It actually, you know, they did a good job. Really? Yeah. Because conceptually, that sounds terrible. Uh, well, again, they they because of the way the cells were set up, they could do a really good job of foregrounding and backgrounding objects. Okay, so they just layered it. So, like, it was just layers, um, similar to how a lot of games look on the 3DS. Yeah, and like the okay. the wildebeest, the, the bit with the wildebeest was amazing. Had to tell the five-year-olds, uh, I, I went with a friend who has a five-year-old kid, and I'm like, now's the time to take him to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, I remember watching that scene as a kid and being troubled by it. That was part of the reason I liked this movie, though. Like, they didn't really pull punches. Except like, they, here's... well, they kind of did, because the very next scene is, hey, here's the goofball comic relief. Let's ignore anything emotionally e uh, of uh, emotional weight for about half an hour. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't want to traumatize the kids. It, it's Welcome a, it's, to how nature works. The thing with claws and teeth kills and eats other things. It, it's a really sudden snap. Yeah, I'll give you that. It is definitely more than a little bit jarring. No, I loved this movie. Yeah, I'd put it higher. 
That's fair. I'd put above. I'd put it above number three here. Bambi. Yeah. Well, it's speaking of dead film. parents. Yeah. <laughs> now I want a Batman on here. Uh, Actually, Man- no, Mask of the Phantasm would have qualified. I'd, I'd give that... it. A, I'd give it the Shrek slot. No question. Shit, you're right. What the fuck isn't that on here then? Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. No. Okay. New rule. Where the fuck is Batman? Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah. What the fuck? Were they just that intent on wanking on Disney they completely forgot about Warner Brothers? Uh, well, Warner Brothers no. has minimal history of features. And I True. guess they... And I mean, there's a lot of Disney to wank. And I... Yeah. As as and you can see. like It did get a full-on feature release. Yeah, it, it was in theaters. It was produced in America. Well, okay, it was produced by TMS with American money, but it still counts. Filmmakers blamed Warner Brothers for the unsuccessful marketing campaign. Mask of the Phantasm eventually did pass $6 million budget with its various home video releases. It's also widely regarded by fans as one of the best Batman movies ever made. Yeah, I mean, nope. I I would put this in a few slots on here. Yeah. Whereas Bambi is like, his mom died. That was sad. Yep. Uh, the fire, The whole forest fire sequence was really well animated. But beyond that... Hey, guess what? Human's the bad guy. Eh. I like that for the forest fire bit, not so much for the hunter, but there's a lot of stuff in here that's just kind of filler between those moments. Yeah. It's a good children's movie. I'm not even sure about that. Well, I mean, you've got Thumper and everything. I guess. That's what I'm looking at. Like, a kid's going to get bothered by the death of Bambi's mother, but there's so many perfectly enjoyable little children-style characters. Like, it's... It breaks up into chunks nicely, which is good for the attention span. Yeah. I always forget Bambi is a boy. Well, he does not look or act like one. Exactly. The name doesn't even convey it. Yeah. Like, I'm looking over this, and it's like his childhood friend and future mate, Feline, and I'm like, Bambi was a boy? (laughs) Right. Right. Well, even, like, even adult Bambi does not sound particularly masculine. Just got this image in my head of uh, getting like Ernest Hemingway to voice adult Bambi. Oh, that would be hilarious. That, that would be insane. That would I also be don't think he would have ever done it. But no, no, he wouldn't have. <laughs> All right, so this, so I think Bambi's a wash. Give it to Bat. Give it to Batman. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we're at least editing this part of the list. Some of the stuff we can't. But no, you know what? Batman's on here now. Deal with it, AFI. Deal with it. <laughs> All right, number two, Pinocchio. Why? Like, and this is an this is on the time greatest movies of the century list too, and I'm like, why? I think just because it continues to hold up. That said, I'm not entirely certain it holds up under its own merit. I mean, there is some cool camera stuff, like I'll say camera stuff going on in here. Yeah. Um, God, I got nothing, man. I really think it holds up because. It was a major animated film. Like, it was a major, major fucking film when it came down. And people were amazed by this, and they went, holy crap, and showed it to their kids, and showed it to their kids, and showed it to their kids, and kept pushing it forward. I know I've seen this. I don't remember seeing it. I just know I have. It's been so long since I... I think I might have been four or five when I watched this movie. I've never watched it since. I have no reason to. I've read a book that gives me a synopsis on it, which stood out more, but it's an interesting story, but it's just a story. Like, you can easily read the book and still get more out of it. Well, I mean... There's nothing particularly amazing film-wise about it. 
Well, Monstro, I suppose. But. I mean, there's some good sequences, but the story doesn't really hold together all that much. Like, it's more episodic than Bambi is. Yep. And the episodes have less to do with each other. Well, that's that's why I liked the books. That's the worst part. Because when Disney put these out as books when I was a kid, they were separated in each one of those. Monstro's bit was his own book. The bit on the island with the kids turning into jackasses was its own little book. The entire thing was basically split up like acts made it really easy to swallow but i mean to sit in a theater for this and it just hammers that the the moral into you a little too hard don't lie be good obey your parents yep conformity is awesome uh-huh. and i mean it is one of the things that's established disney because i mean jiminy cricket shows up fucking everywhere after this well and this was what their second feature I want to say second. So the jump from Snow White to this is impressive. Yeah. Apparently it was a box office disaster when it first came out. Oh, yeah. That's true for a lot of things that have held up since. Yeah. But yeah. Like, I think this is just Disney. This is the film that kind of solidified Disney as as an animation house. But (sighs) even say compared to Dumbo the next year. Dumbo was a better movie. It might be a better movie. Like, Dumbo was a more enjoyable children's film. It was less of a ham-fisted narrative. It was kind of fun to watch. It's a little bit racist. (laughs) But it was also Disney back then. I mean, this is the film studio that gave us Birth of a Nation. No, it didn't. Didn't it? No, that was DW. Birth of a Nation was a live-action film by D.W. Griffith. You might be thinking of Song of the South. Thank you! My hand is actually on my face. Okay. I actually make that mistake a lot, and that is really fucking bad. (sighs) Fuck. I apologize to anyone who feels they need to be apologized to. Okay. Except the KKK. Oh, yeah, no, fuck those guys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, so number one, obviously, for obvious reasons, Snow White, Seven Dwarfs, first feature length. I mean... You got to give it points for that. It's sort of like giving the best movie of all time to Citizen Kane. You kind of have to. Well, yeah. And it compared it, to Pinocchio. It's a good this movie. Does stand. Yeah. This stands very well. Can't believe they made a video game of it. Fuck, that's stupid. Anyway. <laughs> well, like it's a good story. It's a well-known story. Granted most people at this point know the Disney one. Yeah. Well, the Disney one is not so terribly different from The Brothers Grimm. True. Unlike some of the uh, later uh, fairy tale movies, which depart further and further from the source, this still has a lot of the scary bits left in, you know, cutting out people's hearts and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, they did remove the rape, but I'm okay with that. Yeah, funny that. (laughs) Funny how we don't need that in there. Yeah, we don't need that bit, so we're good. And they removed the whole hacking off of toes and anything like that. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the thing. Grim fairy tales weren't actually for kids, so. Well, they 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 were for the kids who liked the gory stuff. Yeah. Whereas, you know, they try and kind of clean this up a little bit. <laughs> Make it a bit more of a wide audience. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm okay. Like, I got to give it number one just for being the first and showing that it could be done. More so than, yeah. say, acting quality. Although, um... Whoever played the Queen did a stand-up job. Lucille Laverne. Oh, wow. Her wiki page has, like, an old Victorian period-style picture. 
That's oh, awesome. That's awesome. Okay, no, I fully buy her as a Lady Macbeth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, well, at fourteen? In her eyes. She put. She did Lady Macbeth at fourteen. That's impressive. Slightly terrifying. Though seriously, I look at her and it's like they must have done some of the character design based on her. Oh like no, the nose and the eyes. Oh, they they actually uh, Disney had a habit of even at the time of filming uh, actors in the booth just to give the animators uh, some cues. See, that's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah. So that's the animation list. Tune in next time. We'll see you for the next round, folks. Needs more Batman. Damn right it does. Uh, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Please don't agree on how it's licensed. Check out our website.